Hi. Hello. How are you? I am so good per every Sunday <laughs> because I'm not working. <laughs> well, sort of, I guess. Gotta love the weekends. How do we in- intro this? I don't know. My brain froze for have a Have we figured this out yet? We have not figured out how to do intros yet. Well, I'm Brandy. And I'm Mike. And this, and this is, is Sunshine, Sunshine and Murder. And murder. jumping right into it today huh yes i'm ready to go i was gonna say you got a good story for me i well, do a, we do this every week but a good story yeah good is a weird word to put on it but for sure yes <laughs> but also yes totally yes. a good story yes so i'm gonna delve into sunshine just a tiny bit at the end but that's okay like a little second of sunshine just just a little bit that's good because i got a whole lot of seconds of murder so i got i got like an injection of sunshine <laughs> a little sunshine shot yes. cool i'm into it <laughs> now say that four times fast for me <gasps> no <laughs> okay so today i'm gonna tell you about savannah gray wind savannah gray wind yes that sounds like such a made-up name and it's dope it's not i promise not dope I feel no. like it sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> Not made up. <laughs> I kind of assumed. Okay. So we're going back to 2017. All the way back. All the way to back. 2017. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Okay. <laughs> Figure it was a little switch up from the 1950s 50s, that we yeah. were stuck in for a while. Big time. Yeah. So Savannah Graywind mm-hmm. was born in 1995. Got it. Uh, she is a member of the Spirit Lake. Sioux tribe okay and I looked that up so hopefully I said that right because <laughs> that's that's how it the internet told me it was pronounced we butcher so many names on this show I wouldn't even worry about it so I'm sorry everybody <laughs> if that's wrong I apologize tweet us an audio clip of you saying the name properly anyway she has long brown hair bright green eyes and she lives in Fargo North Dakota oh dope yeah with her mother, her father, and her brother. Okay. She moved to Fargo to... Um, I just want to take a moment to appreciate the fact that no one else can tell this listening at home, but Brandy is always more than prepared for these episodes. Homegirl's not even looking at her notes half the time, and she's just like spitting facts off the dome. And I'm like paper an inch from my face constantly reading my notes so i don't know how she does it but she does it and it's incredible well i i type everything up and then i have to reread it to make sure it makes sense Mm. but then i always miss things and then my story that i wrote literally has like pen marks all over the place where i'm like oh i have to add this hold on i have to do this yeah i'm 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 just saying it's pretty incredible (laughs) anyway and unfair back to savannah So she lived in the basement apartment of her building. Okay. Savannah moved to Fargo, North Dakota for a new job as a nursing assistant. Okay. At an elderly care center. She wanted to be an actual, like a full nurse. So she wanted to start as a nursing assistant. Good for her. Yeah. 
She's planning on moving into apartment with her boyfriend of seven years. Got it. And they're expecting their first child in September. Aw. So on August 19th, yeah. 2017, she's approached by another tenant named Brooke Cruz. Okay. Cruz asks if Savannah wanted to model a dress she was sewing. And she was like, I, I'll give you 20 bucks for it. Which she's like eight months pregnant at this point. Uh-huh. So 20 bucks. Sure. Why not? She could probably use as much any extra cash she could get. Yeah, I feel like any extra money is yeah. like always but appreciated. But her family also said that she would have done it without the money because she just always wanted to help people. Mm. She was always that person. So she said yes. And without the knowledge of the fact that she wanted to help everybody, this was a little weird mm-hmm. because Cruz and Savannah never had any contact. They weren't like friends like talk to each other okay so it was just kind of out of the blue that cruz came down and was like hey do you want to model this dress for me i shouldn't like bump into her in the hallway and be like oh no. hey by the way you should do this thing no cruz came down to their apartment like knocked on the door and asked for savannah interesting okay yes i mean i already know this is gonna end poorly so it's like anyway none of these stories ever have happy endings let's just don't but not how murder works so savannah agrees and she goes upstairs with cruz mm-hmm. she texts her mother and her boyfriend was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. So if I don't answer, I'm busy, just so you know. So Savannah's mother, and I love this name, Norberta Greywind. Hell yeah. Replied to the text, but never got a response. So she figured, you know, busy. When she got home, Savannah's purse was still at the apartment. Her car was outside. So they were like, okay, she's still there helping out crews. Like, no big deal. No big deal. But around four, she started to get worried. She hadn't heard from Savannah in hours because this was around lunchtime that she texted her. Mm-hmm. So Norberta and Joe, Savannah's father, went upstairs to Cruz's apartment and knocked on the door. It was like, hey, we just want to make sure like <laughs> Savannah's still here with you. And Cruz is like, no, she left around 2.45. Yes. Oddly specific. Oddly specific. And Savannah's father, Joe, asked if he could look around the apartment. And Cruz was like, no. Which is a little weird, sure, but also at the same time, like, to be fair, like, if someone came over and, like, hung out for a little bit and then left, I'm not going to, like, let your family come into my apartment and just to look around. Which is fair, but also her purse and everything was downstairs in her apartment still. Her car was outside. So, yes. I'm not disagreeing. Yes. From, like, Cruz's standpoint, yeah, it's weird because it's like, I don't know you people. Yeah. Your daughter left. From everyone and... else's standpoint and from the listener's standpoint, knowing that she clearly murdered this woman, it's a little suspect. Yeah, obviously she's hiding <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. So Norberta called the police to report her daughter missing. Mm-hmm. They searched Cruz's apartment since that's the last place she was yeah. on the 19th, so the day she went missing, and the 20th, and they found nothing. Norberta also said she felt like the police weren't really doing what they were supposed to like they didn't think of it as a big deal Mm -hmm. i mean at this point savannah was 22 so it's she's an adult she can leave yeah but the fact that everything is still in the apartment is like clearly something happened um we're gonna go back in time okay just a little bit to january 2017 got it so brooke cruz told her boyfriend william hayne and i'm gonna pause for a second just to spell his last name H-O-E-H-N. And according to all of the news video clips I watched, it's pronounced Hain. That doesn't add up. I know, but I watched multiple from different stations and they all said Hain. That's like one of those names where you just spell it however you want. And you're yes. like, 
Oh, it's Mike. What do you mean? It's spelled Z-Q-F-8. Yeah. No, no, no. It's Mike. Yeah. I didn't believe it, so I kept watching them, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, someone's just gotten this wrong, right? No. Apparently, that's how you say it. Well, that's how he says it. That's how he says <laughs> it. He just actually didn't know how to spell his name and just wrote that down in, in like, kindergarten. And that's just what it and was that's for that's just forever. what it was. <laughs> this is my name now. Anyway, so... Brooke Cruz told her boyfriend, William Hain, mm-hmm. she was pregnant in January. The problem was she wasn't pregnant. Oh. And she only told him this so that he wouldn't leave her. When he found out, he told Cruz to produce a baby or he's leaving. Now, I don't know why he said this to her. I don't know if it was a, this is an impossible task. So I'm just telling you this because... This is my weird way of telling you that I'm leaving. Or if he actually expected her to like make a baby magically appear. I don't know. But I feel like that was a weird way to respond. Yes. <laughs> no other response. To that. Yes. My other thing, thought would be like maybe he was implying that like they needed to try to have a baby. But it, it doesn't necessarily sound like that was the case. Yeah. I, I don't think that was the problem because apparently she had like maybe four possibly seven i don't entirely remember she had a lot of kids with different people and had custody of none of them he had i think two kids i mean dude can't even spin like spell his name properly so and he didn't have custody either so i don't think trying was the problem yeah but it was just an odd thing to say yeah no 100 percent oh you're not pregnant well you better make a baby appear i'm also really upset for where the story is going yeah anyway so, Hain and Cruz were apparently terrible neighbors. Everybody in that apartment building could hear them fighting mm. and like constantly. Yeah. Hain even pled guilty to assaulting Cruz in 2016, and he was ordered to have no contact with her after that. But that didn't last long. Six months later, the police were called again to respond to a domestic violence dispute, and it was them. So, surprise, he surprise. was cited for violating the no contact order so they weren't great people yeah not great people maybe not a great couple no clearly it's like a bad clearly like toxic to each other so after the first two searches of their apartment produced nothing about savannah yep they kind of felt like they were in the clear you know the police come in search twice find nothing Eh. we're good to go yeah they probably you know let their security measures kind of Go by the wayside. For security measures. Yes, because Make when them the, sound like master criminals. Yeah, because when the police show up again on the twenty fourth of August, they didn't seem worried. Police had reports from Haynes' coworkers that he just became a new father. That was enough for the police to get a search warrant for their apartment for the third time. The police on I think it was oxygen. Stop looking at me like that. I'm in awe. Well, I knew where the story was going. Yes. Obviously. Yes. I'm happy that at least the the baby is alive for at least a moment. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. But I'm also in awe of how stupid you could be to not even like wait. Yeah. And just immediately. Immediately told everybody. And you're in the same building where this happened. It's not like yeah. you took the baby from some family miles no. away. Continue. I'm sorry. Um. So this police officer said they were looking around and something out of the corner of his eye moved in the bedroom and he looked over and this baby is just laying on the bed and he rushes over and this little girl is there and they immediately pick her up and like have EMTs rush her to the hospital. Yeah. She's four pounds, 13 ounces, but otherwise healthy. Well, that's good. Yeah. 
And then on September 11th, so almost a month later, yeah. the DNA results came back that it's Savannah's baby. Of course. So her family gets custody of the baby. Cruz and Hain were arrested the day the baby was found, so the 24th. Yeah. Three days later, on the 27th, Savannah's body is found, wrapped in plastic, six miles away, in the Red River of the North by two kayakers. Man. I mean, I knew it was like... But still. Obviously, No, it's coming, but still. So... Hain told the police he came home on August 19th and found Cruz cleaning up blood in the bathroom. She showed him the newborn and said, here's our baby. He said he disposed of garbage bags with bloody towels and shoes into the dumpster. But he said that was his involvement. That was it. Bullshit. This is what Cruz told the police. Savannah came to her apartment. She broke her own water, which I looked up. It apparently is possible, but extremely dangerous. Yeah. You don't want any bacteria or anything getting in there. And it's Not it's good. a whole thing. Then she gave birth to the baby girl and gave her to Cruz and then just left. Because that makes a lot of sense. Right? Then in December, she changed her story. She said she asked Savannah to her apartment, knowing that she was going to kill her and steal the baby. She led Savannah to the bathroom, then shoved her. Savannah hit her head on the sink, which knocked her unconscious. Cruz then grabbed a knife and cut up her open her stomach and pulled out the baby. Then Hain came home, surprised that there was a baby and a bleeding woman in their apartment. He then took some rope and strangled Savannah until she was dead. I got nothing. I literally... Okay. It's... <sighs> so Cruz pled guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, conspiracy to commit kidnapping, and lying to police, and received life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank fuck. Hain pled guilty to conspiracy to commit kidnapping and lying to the police... He also received life in prison, but that was overturned in 2018. He was later sentenced to 20 years in prison. So why was it overturned? Yes. I can see it on your face. I'm well, 100% wondering. State Supreme Court said that the judge ruled him as a dangerous special offender based on his previous crimes, and that wasn't the case. They shouldn't have used those previous crimes against him. What? It makes no sense to me. He's got a history of domestic abuse and violence. But like, no, that should never be used against someone who murdered some. No, of course not. Those things aren't correlated Um, at all. He was also, he's also allowed to serve his time for conspiracy for kidnapping and lying to the police at the same time, which cuts down on his, uh, the amount of time that he will serve. So they had to resentence him and they gave him 20 years, which was the maximum. For helping to murder a woman and steal her baby. Yes. That dude can literally rot. Yeah. So. Period. By the way, they named the baby girl Hazley Joe. Hazley Joe, that's cute. Yeah. There is one thing that came, one good thing that came out of this case besides Hazley. Besides Hazley. Yes. It's Savannah's Act. Okay. Which aims to improve tribal access to federal crime information databases and creates standardized protocols for responding to cases of missing and murdered Native American women. It was introduced by former Senator Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota Mm -hmm. and co-sponsored by Senator Lisa Merkowitz of Alaska. Hell yeah. I say hell yeah for two reasons especially. You already know I'm going to shout it out. Shout out Wind River. Yes. Uh, If you guys have not seen Wind River, it doesn't deal 100% with 
this obviously but it does deal with violence against like native, native american, american women. women yeah and like there it, it actually goes in the end and tells you sort of some of the statistics about how like they're how many of their cases go unsolved and like just basically get flat out ignored it's fucked shout out wind river if you haven't seen it phenomenal movie jeremy renner elizabeth olsen taylor sheridan wrote and directed love it could not recommend it enough okay i'm rant over go ahead but anyway that's incredible savannah act or savannah's act what is it savannah's act savannah's act so i'm gonna give you a couple of statistics okay on september 1st 2017 Mm -hmm. a three-year-old raised over a thousand dollars with a lemonade stand for savannah's baby hazley joe hell yeah I couldn't find her name Who, anywhere, fine. so I'm sorry. Shout out to that girl. But yeah, a lemonade stand. Be, hell yeah. we are, <laughs> This show is full of lemonade stands, <laughs> and I am more than happy and yes. okay with that. So I thought that was great. Um, also, their GoFundMe has raised over $24,000, and it's still active. Oh, so you can still donate. You can still donate today. Well, that link will be on the website. Yes, it will. Now for some numbers you're not going to like. Yeah. Okay. This, I just want to point out. This whole episode is going to be depressing. Yes. So. I'm so sorry. More than 1,134 bodies of indigenous women have been found in the Red River where Savannah's body was found. Because of where it's located, it kind of runs the border of a couple states. And it's, it's just a giant dumping ground for yeah. terrible people. Native American women and children are 10 times more likely to be murdered than other American women. I don't even understand. Uh, Between 1979 and 1997, homicide was the third leading cause of death for Native American women between the ages of 15 and 34. Like, what the actual fuck? I want to see the stats uh, as far as... It it doesn't matter either way, but I want to see the stats as far as is it Native Americans that are... committing those crimes or is it mostly so um a lot of the numbers i was finding some of them are from like family members or it's it's kind of the same most murders are done by someone who knows the victim yeah but a lot of them have to do with and i mentioned it later but have to do with the oil boom because they have what they call man camps. Yeah. It's a temporary camp area that they kind of set up for the people who are working on the oil fields. Yeah. And because they're terrible people, yeah. they go out to have a, quote, good time. And they harass and kidnap and sexually assault or rape Native American women and girls because that's where the oil is, is near them. And... When people are already terrible human beings and then they get drunk and they're lonely, terrible things happen. I reiterate, check out Wind River if you want to see like a pretty spectacular sort of like discussion on literally this. Yes. They have a man camp in Wind River. Yeah. So more than 84% of Native American women have or will have experienced violence in their life. Fuck. That number is way too high. Way too high. Uh In 2018, the Urban Indian Health Institute reported 5,712 missing Alaskan and American Indian women and girls. Only 116 were registered at the Department of Justice database. I don't think you've ever 
hit me with a story that's genuinely made me this like quiet yeah and upset like this is just like reading these are difficult because i'm trying to hold everything in so i can continue to speak yeah her eyes are literally like watering um tribal data is often left out of national numbers for missing and murdered women yeah whether it's on purpose or pure stupidity i don't know but for some reason the u.s federal government does not track missing or murdered native americans yeah I think I remember that might be one of the actual... I think that's the the stat at the end of Wind River. Yeah, they it says like, they couldn't find statistics because the U.S. government doesn't track it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, um, the oil industry has increased sex trafficking, kidnapping, <sighs> sexual assault in Native American communities, and this part blew my mind. For some reason, cases of sexual assault committed by non-Native people mm-hmm. or non-Native men sure. usually... Um, who assault women on reservations cannot be arrested or prosecuted by tribal authorities because they're not technically part of the tribal like yes but couldn't, couldn't they still be arrested on like federal charges i don't understand but they won't do it yeah well which is obviously the problem in the yeah. first place that makes no sense because if, local government doesn't have the jurisdiction on native land but the federal government does but they won't do, they anything. Won't do anything about it Mm-mm. and but that the the devil the doubly doesn't make sense because it's like if someone comes into your state or into your city and commits a crime, the city that the crime was committed in has jurisdiction on the well, crime. So does it make why it, would that not yeah. so transfer over? To, I thought of it like if someone goes to Mexico or someone goes to Canada or any yeah. foreign country and commits a crime, they will still get arrested. Even if there's like political things going on and they try to get you back yeah. and whatever, they still arrest you and try to prosecute you. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense as to why that doesn't work Yeah. on native land. It just doesn't. That's just some bullshit. Yes. Like if you're treating it like a quote unquote foreign territory, yes. then well, they should have every right to be like, no, fuck this person. Yeah. They're getting locked up. Yeah. And it should be because again, local government has no jurisdiction there. So it's, it's, basically its own country yeah what the fuck man so there's the violence against women act it was passed in 1994 which allows tribal authorities to prosecute non-native men who commit crimes within their territories but the problem with this is Mm -hmm. that not all tribes qualify for this act wait what and i was like i'm sorry what how do you have to qualify for this (laughs) it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) what the fuck so Uh, This is the only example I could find. Okay. There was a Supreme Court ruling against tribes in Alaska because in 1971, Congress extinguished all indigenous claims to Alaskan land. I literally hate us sometimes. The Supreme Court ruled that this act, the Violence Against Women Act, they wouldn't qualify for this act because they don't live on native land. But that part wouldn't make me as upset as it does if the government still prosecuted people because it's like, sure. oh, well, you're claiming this land, so you do something about it. But they don't. Yeah. Because it's living in this gray area where the state government's like, oh, no, it's not our jurisdiction. And the tribal government's like, well, you won't let me do anything about it. Yeah. So nothing happens. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. To me. Like, yeah, fuck it, yeah. whatever. Because in 1971, Congress was like, oh, hey, by the way, you have none of this. This is all ours. Okay. Yeah, this is a great story. You are so right. Yep. You you pick them. Um, and for some reason, this act has to be kind of approved every couple years. 
Okay. Yeah. The last time it was passed was 2013, and then it was supposed to be 2019, I think November 2019, and then COVID happened, so it hasn't been passed again. So I don't know what's going on with it because I couldn't find anything about it. Well, so November 2019, we weren't really worried about COVID yet. Oh, I know. So can I just take a second to say fuck our current government? Oh, 100%. Because obviously certain people put like a pause on it and then COVID happened. Yeah. So I don't know what's currently going on with it. Yeah. Um, It's it's floating in the the wind right now, just waiting for something to happen. Yes. It's in limbo. Yeah. Until either it goes away or it gets passed again. Yeah. So. (sighs) Fucking shit, man. So the the nation's day of action for missing and murdered Native American women and girls was May 5th, 2020. I don't know when it'll be next year. I don't know if it's the same day. I don't know if it's a different day. Got it. But we'll definitely link to the website where I got this because um, once they update their calendar... It'll be on there yeah, again. Yeah, 100%. Which the website I got this from, or the group, yeah, is the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, and it's a Native-led nonprofit Hell yeah. dedicated to ending violence against Native women and children. And they're definitely doing great things. They have a whole calendar of stuff that they're doing all the time, and uh, we'll put that link up. Yeah. This might end up being another episode just because of how fired up and like pissed off I am currently. So I might. I didn't. (laughs) Don't be surprised if next week all of a sudden I'm talking about about this. Yeah. I didn't delve too deep into it just because I wasn't sure if you wanted to do it later. This 100% will be talked about more. Yeah. Um, I have pictures. Because you are great at that. So this is Savannah. Oh, totally normal. Yeah. Totally normal. Normal girl. These are terrible people. These are the fucking fuck fucks. Oh, yeah. Fuck both of them. I love that you're... I wrote disgusting people under their uh, yeah. photo. Well, yeah. Literally fuck them. And that is Hazley and Savannah's boyfriend. So Hazley and her father. Oh, Hazley's adorable. She's so cute. And yeah. there are artic- articles that I'll link to that give updates about her. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Please. She's doing great. She apparently loves to help her grandfather, like mow the lawn and she just like breaks into dance all the time and it's adorable i'm gonna cry man stop (laughs) so one article i read was by sarah hilton okay and she spent time on a reservation and she was just writing about the women's and children like their experiences with violence and everything that's going on and how like they try to help each other okay through everything that's awesome uh so she told this story at the end that I'm going to try to get through. I was going to say, you're already <laughs> cracking and you haven't even like. So she told this story of right before she Gosh. left. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. Okay. But right before she left New York, there was this bald eagle flying around, which it's New York. So that doesn't happen very often. And it came and like perched in the tree right above where she was sitting. Okay. And she told the chief about this. And he said it was a sign of wisdom and strength. And the eagle brought her to the reservation to tell their story. And I want to leave you with a quote that she said. Oh, God. Okay. If we paid more attention, we would notice many eagles flying above, calling us to listen with more wisdom and courage, calling us to awaken to this assault against our common humanity. Yeah, that's beautiful. So even though this terrible thing happened to Savannah, her family is not going to let her story end with it. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. I don't usually cry with mine, but this one is hard. I was going to say, that I, 
like I said, I've never been this like. I mean, we've only done two episodes so far, but I've never been this quiet. I feel like yeah. Usually there's a reaction, but like this might be the quickest story you've gotten through, just because I'm not sitting here like cracking jokes the entire time because I'm genuinely upset right now. Yes. So I actually was on Instagram and I was watching the protests at Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. and it popped in my head and I was like, that's I'm doing a story about an indigenous woman. Yeah. Because there aren't any. Good for you, man. So. God, I love you. I love you. I wanted to do one. No, hell yeah. And I haven't heard of this one, unfortunately. I I never heard of it. So I, I thought mean, this one was a good one, especially because people actually did something after it. Yeah. They're trying to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And if it does, people who commit these atrocities will get punished for it and they're trying to make it easier for tribal authorities to actually be able to do something instead of having their hands tied in a a stupid arbitrary like political yes limbo you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just stupid yes and just reading the articles that i read there are so many more names Mm -hmm. and it's heartbreaking like, even just the few that I read with this, um, it mentioned one person who had lost, like, a friend or family member, but they were also dealing with the loss of Savannah, and this other one happened a couple months later, but no one reported on it. No one, like, you couldn't find information. Yeah. So that is the story of Savannah Greywind. I want to say fuck you. <laughs> for that story because uh it's weird it it's like it hits harder yes um and i don't know if it's because it's more recent so it feels more real yeah you know like when you hear a story about something from the 50s it's like it's like disconnected Mm -hmm. you know um Mm -hmm. and and this just isn't i don't know it just it really fucking sucks yes to say the least yeah but i'm not gonna say fuck you because I'm I'm almost more proud of you for picking that story than anything else. Because, and again, like, you, I, I sit here and rave about Wind River to everyone I've ever met in my entire life anyway. Yeah. Because the movie's great. It was great. Anyway, but also because I had no idea about any of this. Same. I didn't know what was going on. At all. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. That no one was... Like why keeping would, track why of would these that be a thing it doesn't make were, sense yeah it just doesn't make sense why it would you all. ever think that that was a thing no um and the federal government the whole reason that they still have jurisdiction is because they're supposed to help protect these people yeah. and they're just kind of throwing them away yeah i literally like goosebumps anyway yeah. if this story affected you as much as it <laughs> affected brandy and i do yourself a favor watch wind river and and the good news is the movie's still entertaining because there's like it's a movie. Yeah, but the ending it, will like make documentary. you angry. Yeah, the but there's so many parts of that movie that'll make you angry. Well, like I, they they literally dive. I just mean the ending. Oh, the, like, because you get yeah the actual stats. like true information, not like movie information. Yes, but even that that being said, the movie itself I think like perfectly encapsulates all of what Brandy just talked about. Yeah, he did a great job. Phenomenal. Yes. 
um i would just i would watch it and uh if you if you want to support in any way you can uh obviously we're going to link to literally everything that we can from the site um even if you can't donate you can share their gofundme on social media or just tell other people savannah's story yeah i I literally have nothing to say i don't even yeah i really wish i knew that was your story because i 100 percent would not have done the story that i did today so brandy uh did had a little sunshine in her murder and uh in my sunshine i have a whole lot of murder <laughs> so but we swapped it up a little we, bit we added a little bit i didn't want to go too deep into the sunshine just in case you wanted to do a story on the organization i'm already sold yeah a hundred literally beyond a reason of a doubt next next episode yeah. i'm i'm diving deep i would have told you about it this time so yeah. then we could have done like a a synced up oh, episode. Oh, sure, yeah. But then you would have known, like, what mine was about. Oh, what your story was. And I don't know if it would have hit as hard. Yeah, I would have been like prepared almost. Yeah. I feel like no, yeah. for sure. Um, and but, we get to double down this way too, which is nice. Yeah, we get to double down on like info. Yeah. So for anyone who maybe skips this episode and listens to the next one or yeah. like whatever. Yeah. So. But also maybe we'll save that for, like, a milestone number, like an episode ten or something. We'll do a synced up episode. Oh, we I talk about something that like works together. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. Give me a pause so I can be. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you leave that in the podcast. Deal. Deal. And we're back. We're back. From a much needed break. Yes, thank you. Yeah, oh my God, yes. And I'm here to tell you about a murder? Question mark? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely a murder. Oh, <laughs> but I why meant are you that... questioning it? <laughs> Because I'm talking to you about a murder. Oh, oh, because you're telling me exactly. The murder. It's a little I get weird. It now. It's like we had like a flip flop week where you had like a really good thing you wanted to talk about, so you had to talk about a murder. Yeah, and it's not really a flip flop week. It's like a same thing week. Yeah, no, like exactly. We both had the same thing. We're both doing murder and like a good thing. Yeah, mine just happens to be mostly murder. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Uh, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I'm just gonna get okay. right into it because I sort of, I, I, I you'll see. Like, give me hints along the way. No, no, no. You'll just see. I, okay. I wrote a thing Aww. to, like, to, 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 to sell it. Got it. Um, yeah, here we go. Get your belch out first. You can cut it. It's fine. I think I'm okay. You think you're ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> That's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know if it's my drink or what. It might be. It might have something to do with it. July 15th, 2013, at approximately 12:35 p.m., an officer was dispatched to the Oh fuck, I forgot how to pronounce this name. I'm going to have to go back. Shit. Hold on. Blodget. Blodget. I think it's the Blodget. The Blodget. Fuck me. Cover your ears. Take your headphones off. <laughs> cool. So cut out all that fuck up bullshit. I'm going to go again. Okay. Let's <sighs> do it. July 15th, 2013. At approximately 1235 p.m., an officer was dispatched to the Blodgett residence in response to a 911 call reporting an unresponsive female. Uh-oh. The officer indicated that he observed a young female identified as Jesse Blodgett on the floor of a bedroom on the second floor of the house. The officer's report indicates that shortly after officers arrived, she was pronounced dead 
and the scene was secured as a possible homicide. Today, I'm telling you about the Love is Greater Than Hate Project. That was cool. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say about someone being murdered, but just the way you put it together. I thought it was, I thought it was, was all right. Was nice. That's why I was like, I don't want to tell you what I'm telling you about because mm. I, like, I wrote a thing. Anyway, um, so just for a little background on uh, Jessie Blodgett and who she was, uh, she was a sophomore at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, uh, where she was offered a talent scholarship for her excellence in the music education program. Good for her. Now, on the side, she started her own business, teaching piano, voice, and violin lessons to young people in Hartford, oh. Wisconsin. Um, yeah, she ended up with about 26 students in about just two months. So wow. like two months into it, she already had about 26 kids that were, she was teaching. Wow. Um, she said her long-term goal was to become a high school or university choir director and to, quote, touch 100 young lives a year for 40 years using music to impact people and change the world. Why is it always the good ones that die? No, it's not fair. No, because but, you always hear, obviously, it's the whole never speak ill of the dead thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like... Every time people talk about or you hear quotes from people who died, they're always these magnificent statements. Like saints. Yeah. Yes. That if they were to have lived their full life, yeah. they would have done amazing things. I have no doubt this girl would have been a wonderful human being if she had the chance. Yeah. Not that she wasn't already, obviously. Well, yeah, but. But yeah, um, 100%. So with this story, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to save the, the Love is Greater Than Hate project for the end. Okay. And I'm pretty much going to tell you about uh, her unfortunate death um, for the majority of the time. Okay. Um, but we have a lot of information mm -hmm. on the death because if you go to the Love is Greater Than Hate project website, yeah. they, they have the actual criminal complaint that was filed to the court for like when they... Oh or wow! Like having the actual case, yeah. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's actually like on their website. It's a link you can click. They have the. It's crazy. Oh wow! Um, so most of this is pulled straight from that. Okay. Um, and then some various other sources, but. Which all of our sources will be on the website. Of course. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, according to Deborah Blodgett, Jesse's mother, Jesse was a cast member of the local play Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> at the. Shore Center, S C H A U E R. Okay, that's what we're going with. Yeah, the shower, <laughs> the shower center <laughs> in Hartford. Sorry, uh, <laughs> anyone from Hartford, um, let me know how to say it. Uh, and then on Sunday, July fourteenth, twenty thirteen, so the the day before, yeah, uh, her murder. Uh, Jesse had performed in the matinee show and attended a cast party after. Uh, Deborah said she saw and spoke with Jesse when she returned home following the cast party at approximately 1 a.m., so uh -huh. that would be the 15th, Yeah. Uh, after which both she and Jesse went to bed. That at sounds like a mom staying up. Doesn't yeah. matter how late. She's going to wait for her kid to get home. Until your kid gets home. 100%. Uh, at around 8 a.m., after getting ready for work, Deborah said she walked into Jesse's room to leave a laundry basket full of clothes. She saw her daughter under the covers, sleeping. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to disturb her, she set down the clothes and left. At about noon, upon returning from work, Deborah didn't hear or see Jesse, so she presumed she must still be sleeping in her bedroom. Yeah. At approximately 12.30, when a piano student and Jesse's arrived for a lesson, Deborah shouted up to Jesse to let her know. She received no response. 
It was at this point Deborah went to Jesse's bedroom and found her unresponsive in her bed. Deborah immediately called 911 and attempted to perform life-saving efforts as instructed by 911 personnel. No. I'm pretty sure I left the link up. I'm going to be playing a lot of things for you during this. Okay. I'm. There's a recording of the 911 call. Oh, my God. So bear with me. Okay. I hope that's one of the links I saved. Uh, anyway, so that was part of the 911 call. Yeah. Uh, I think the the actual 911 call that I listened to was part of the True Crime Daily episode that they did on it, like the segment. Okay. Um, so I'm going to see if I can find that one for you. Okay. But yeah, not not a good call. So something happened while the mother was gone. In what? Four hours? Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of time. Not well, a lot of time. She left at eight, and mm-hmm. she was back at twelve. Back by noon, yeah. Um, Where, was the person like waiting for the mom to leave? So sorry. No, it's okay. Start speculating. That's fine. Um, sorry. Every time I hear that now, one call it fucking like fucks me up. Yeah. Uh, so the detectives arrived. Uh, detectives report that upon examination of Jesse's body, they observed a ligature mark on her neck and left wrist. But upon searching her room, found no ligatures on or near her body. But they did find a roll of, and this is important, keep this in mind, intertape 698 under the footboard of her bed. I'm sorry, what is this? It's like a duct tape. Not like duct oh. tape, like an actual, like, for ducks and stuff, you know? It's intertape 698. Okay. Okay. Uh, there were no other apparent injuries to Jesse, and her body was clothed in a t-shirt, underwear, and sweatpants. So she was clothed. Which is, that that's good. Two stains were found, however, on the fitted sheet covering mm. Jesse's bed, which were red and appeared to be blood. From where? So on July 17th, an autopsy of Jesse's body observed ligature marks on her neck, wrist, ankles, consistent with being tied and bound. The autopsy noted that the ligature mark on Jesse's neck was more severe than those on her wrists and ankles. It further observed florid patika of Jesse's face, mm. which for anyone who does not know what that is, because I had absolutely no idea, a patika is uh, the pinpoint round spots that appear on the skin as a result of bleeding. Brandy's nodding her head because she's a true crime file, which I guess most of you probably are, to be fair, so you might already know. But the actual name for it would be be nice for people yeah but uh but i guess the bleeding uh causes the patika um to appear red brown or purple mm-hmm. uh commonly it appears in clusters and may look like a rash uh and one of the big causes for patika uh is prolonged straining is Ooh, the like quote yeah. um yeah it's like uh, when you hear um like bodybuilders or somebody like pop blood vessels yeah that's because it, they're just like straining so hard exactly what that is um so they, there was also a, hem, a hemorrhage of Jesse's anterior strap neck muscle, uh, an Apache intramuscular hemorrhage of Jesse's posterior neck, and then she had a, a right-sided tongue bite. Holy crap! Yeah. So upon reviewing of the preliminary autopsy report, the preliminary cause of death was ruled strangulation, mm. and the preliminary manner of death, homicide. homicide. Damn. So a witness reported that approximately 
8 a.m. on the 15th, she drove past the Blodgett residence. Yeah. She said she observed two vehicles in the driveway, a silver-slash-tan vehicle and a blue vehicle. She said she's familiar with the Blodgett family and that their cars, and she believed those cars to be the family's. So she's like, she's okay. driven by before. She she said she had family over there, so she was visiting so, their, her family. And so, she, wait, she's familiar with them, so she thinks those cars belong to this family? So she recognizes so that, like... So she's seen this car before. Yeah, so... She, well, Both of them. This is Sorry. Eight, this is 8 a.m., keep in mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, so... The mom's still home. So keep in mind, yep. And then what, Jesse probably has a car? That would be the thought. So at around 10 a.m. when she was leaving to like, you know, leaving the subdivision. Yeah. Uh, and again drove past the Blanchett residence. She observed two cars in the driveway, a tan slash silver vehicle and a blue vehicle. Wait, what? That's what I said. So what was the mom driving? The, a blue vehicle wait for it that's exactly the thought that i had i was like wait mom what the fuck what i'm so confused okay after speaking with deborah the mom detectives determined that the tan slash silver vehicle was jesse's and that deborah also drives a blue vehicle a blue minivan but she drove that vehicle to work that morning so the blue vehicle reportedly observed in the driveway was not hers what was the blue vehicle and they confirmed obviously the mom was at work Okay. No idea. The woman just saw the blue vehicle and was like, yeah, of so, course that's their vehicle. So she drove by, mm-hmm. saw two vehicles, drove by again, and assumed they were the same two vehicles? I mean, I, I guess so, yeah. Okay. Which, it'll make sense later, but... Because okay. the mom drives a blue minivan. Yeah. And we'll get to the other one later. Okay. <laughs> so it was either another blue minivan or it looked like a blue minivan. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. But the mom was at work. The mom was at work. They they confirmed the mom was at work. Okay. I don't want to leave you hanging on that one for too long because I don't want you thinking the mom did it because she most certainly absolutely did not. Okay. And if you heard that 911 call, I don't know how you could ever think yeah. that she did it. Because like, there have been 911 calls from people who actually did do it. And usually they're pretty easy to tell. Usually. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say I can no. tell for sure. No, no, but... no, no, But they're usually regular people who aren't great actors. Yeah. They either start at 100 and stay there way too long, mm-hmm. or they're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, this thing happened. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So again, cut that part out. <laughs> um, the so again part. So, Jesse was murdered and her body was found on July 15th. Yes. I'm going to take you back to July 12th. Okay. Okay. Several days before the murder of Jesse Blodgett, an officer was dispatched to an attempted assault slash abduction at the Richfield Historical Park. Okay. The woman in this criminal complaint, and I tried to Google it, and I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to leave it, uh, is only identified as MR. They didn't mm. use her name in the criminal complaint, okay. which makes sense because she wasn't part of this specific incident. Yeah. Uh, so MR said that that morning she took her dog to the Richfield Historical Park. Okay. She stated that when she pulled into the parking lot, she noticed a navy blue Dodge Caravan mm. parked, which is a van, uh, parked on the outside. Uh, oh, sorry, parked on the south side of the lot, facing towards the woods. Okay. She said there was one person in the van in the driver's seat with his legs crossed, hanging out the window. She walked through the park with her dog for about thirty minutes before she decided to return to the car to get some water for her and her dog. Of course. 
Yeah. Uh, MR advised police that when she returned to her car, she noticed that the blue van was still there and that the subject was in the front seat. As soon as she reached the gravel portion of the parking lot, she dropped the leash so that her dog could run over to the car while she unlocked it. Yeah. It was at this point she heard someone jogging fast towards her, mm. turned around, and saw a white male subject running at her. The fuck? She stated, oh, you scared me. Which is fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear someone running behind you. Yeah. Thought it was no big deal. Yeah. So she turns back around and starts going towards her car again. But she notices that she still hears the footsteps coming towards her. So she turned around again and then observed that the guy was still coming towards her. Yeah. She saw that the man had a knife what the fuck? in his hand that was positioned near his waistline. She also noticed the man had a black knife holster that was unbuttoned on the right side of his pants. So he had the like the holster yeah. and like a so pretty pretty big knife. <clears throat> uh, she reported that the subject was wearing dark thick-framed eyeglasses, a dark gray baseball cap, a white t-shirt with blue sleeves to the elbow, a blue collar, and blue writing on the chest. And then blue and tan plaid shorts. And his car was blue. And and he likes blue, I guess. Dude likes blue. I was going to say, now I have to hate blue. (laughs) Maybe just don't wear it head to toe and (laughs) drive it. Um... Uh, so she told police that the next thing she knew, the suspect had tackled her to the ground. So all what of a sudden, she's just fuck? on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and basically fighting for her life. She 100% thought she was going to die. It's in the police report. Verbal, I, I quote, MR stated that she thought she was going to die. Oh, my God. Uh, she said she struggled with the man and uh, grabbed a hold of the blade end of the knife. So straight up just grabbed the blade end of the knife. And she's a badass. 100%. And did not let go. Um that she felt this was a life or death situation is yeah. what it said in the report. Um, she thinks that they struggled for about a minute, but she couldn't say. I'm sure time a hundred percent stopped or sped up or um but she was able to in that minute disarm the suspect and get a hold of the knife. So she is a badass. Not only did she grab the blade end of this knife, yeah. She was able to get the knife away from this guy. Um <laughs> at this point <laughs> I'm sorry. This fucking kills me. This dude literally said, can I just go? What? Yeah. She got the knife away from this guy and said, and I quote, can I just go? No. (laughs) The fuck? What the fuck did he expect her to say? Like. What? Yeah. Uh, She replied with an obvious no. Um, but by that point, uh, he had gotten off of her, um, and tried to take the knife away again, but she would not let go of it. I wouldn't either. Uh, no shit. Um, and then. I stab him with it. Yeah. By the time she got up off the ground, finally, mm-hmm. uh, he was already halfway back to his van. Mm-hmm. So he was like booking it. Um, dick. yeah, <laughs> more than a dick. Fuck this guy. Uh, she stated that during the struggle, she noticed that a roll of tape later identified as inner tape 698 what the fuck had fallen out of the suspect's pocket she further indicated that she threw the knife on the floorboard of her vehicle and it remained there until the officers took it later um so in total she sustained six lacerations to her right hand three of which needed stitches totaling 15 stitches i'm sorry she grabbed the blade end of this knife Uh and only needed how many stitches stitches 15 yep uh, her left hand sustained a cut across the palm and multiple cuts on her left fingers. 
Um, and she also sustained pretty bad road rash on her uh, elbow, left knee, right knee, and uh, right buttocks, apparently. Ow. Yeah, fuck that. Um, and then I think there was one more injury. Yeah, uh, she also sustained a long scrape and some more road rash on her right leg shin. Ow. So pretty bad road rash. Um, the officers, when they took the knife, uh, said it was approximately 10 inches in length, the blade being 6 inches long. Holy damn. So it's a fucking huge knife. I'm not even going to say thank God he was stupid and like weak. Thank God she was as strong as she was. 100%. Because she... She 100% would have died if she was not able dead. to get that away from him. Unequivocally would be dead. Damn. Yeah. Good Which, for her. Again, this just goes to show. And who's we don't know that he was going to kidnap her or do whatever with her. We don't, yeah, but we don't know what he was going to do. This is why you fight back. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Like, you, it, the whole thing that you hear, um, especially on shows like missing person shows or anything like that from uh detectives and everything is you do not let yourself be taken to that second location if something is happening and they're trying to put you in a vehicle you do whatever is physically possible to not get into that car yeah because nine times out of ten you go to that second location and they're going to kill you yeah um, and obviously that's easier to say than it is to do. A hundred percent. So the fact that this girl was actually able to do, do that. Do it. Fucking badass. Yeah. Also, I think everyone should take a self-defense class. Also fair. Yes. Which is why I've tried to start lifting weights because if I can beat you, I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> I just want to point out, I am probably the scrawniest person I've ever met, but also, yes. You have more upper body strength than me. It's sure. genetics. Yeah, I mean, sure. I just still want to point out, I'm all I'm all bones, man. You have more muscle than you think. You I'm do. all bones. Anyway, um, the officers also located three Miller High Life beer cans with a red substance or stain, Gross. suspected to be blood, on them. Um, all the beer cans were open and empty, and they also found uh, in like a yard a little farther down the street mm-hmm. uh, the the sheath to the knife. So he like tossed them. You know what I mean? Like the holster? Yeah. So he like tossed it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Fucking weirdo. No, I don't have a holster that's missing a knife. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um. So. Anyway. My headline for this. The suspect. Oh, God. So July 16th, uh, de- detectives met with one Daniel Bartlett. Okay. He had been developed as a person of interest in the village of Richfield incident, which is the incident that just occurred. Yeah. Uh, due to his vehicle, a blue 2002 Dodge Caravan, mm. being present at the park at the time of the attack. Initially, when provided information about the attack, Daniel unequivocally denied any involvement and stated that he was. <clears throat> Sorry, I, this is how it was written in the thing, but I'm going to change it. Okay. It says, and stated that he was not at work the morning of July 12th but that he was at, at his girlfriend's house. Okay. So he did not involvement, but then said, but I wasn't at work. Oh, but I was at my girlfriend's house. Because that doesn't sound fishy. Yeah, sorry, buddy. You already fucked up here. And his car was there. They have his car like on tape, like in the air. So anyway, uh, 
when asked what they had done on July 12th, so like him and his girlfriend, he yeah. was unable to provide any specifics at all. Zero specifics. Was it just the, oh, we stay at home and watch TV type Probably. thing? Probably. Which sucks for people who that's what they actually do. Well, <laughs> because it's a terrible alibi. Yeah. Don't ever commit a crime or be accused there's, of a crime. There's no way to prove that. Yeah, we'd be fucked. And your significant other is not going to be believed because they have a reason to lie for you. Exactly. So maybe, you know, walk outside once in a while. Say hi to your neighbor. Do something. Something. Even if it's, you know, someone you don't talk to, just make sure someone sees you. Yeah. Um, so while they're talking to him, officers observed injuries to Daniel's hands. Uh, when mm. they asked about them, Daniel said he was injured at work. Upon further questioning regarding inconsistencies in his statements, Daniel admitted that he actually hasn't worked since March or April. What? What? Yeah, so homie's story is all over the place. So, hold I, on. I, I wasn't at work in the morning. I was at my girlfriend's. But actually, I haven't worked since... March or April. March or April. <laughs> so that didn't matter in the first place. So did he just offer up that he wasn't at work, or did he say he was at work first? It it doesn't say. I think this is just in regards to like how he got the injuries. No, I meant like his alibi. like Because he said, I was not at work. I was yeah. with my girlfriend. So did yeah. he say he was at work first, or did they ask him? I don't know. It doesn't... It, this is literally like almost... I just changed like a word here and there. That's pretty much how it was written in yeah. the uh, criminal complaint. Yeah. So homie just offered up. Yeah. Oh, hey. No, I wasn't at work. No, I'm sure this was a very long interrogation process. Oh, Don't get me wrong. But I'm sure this wasn't just like an immediate like. I'm but sure it was lots of like, Daniel, we know this thing happened. Yeah. Daniel, talk to us. Daniel, let's make this yeah. work out. But he sounds dumb enough to be like, no, I wasn't at work. I mean, I was I was with my girlfriend. Yeah. And we were, you know. Hanging out watching TV. To- totally hanging out watching TV. Well, what'd you watch on TV? Uh, uh, we didn't watch TV. We actually like watched a movie. Yeah. And and read. Yeah. <laughs> like uh um these these things yeah. happened and yeah no hundred percent. I hope he cleared that with his girlfriend. Before he like threw under the bus. Yeah. Hey, help me cover this uh this uh, attempted murder up. Thanks. Like I need an alibi. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Why um, do you need an alibi? What'd you do? <laughs> Nothing. I I swear. Then why do you need an alibi? Suspect. Yeah. Um, so after he admitted that he hadn't worked since March or April, uh, they then doubled down on how he sustained the injuries. Daniel changed his story and claimed that he had actually injured himself with a knife while cooking at home. So why didn't he say that the first time if that's what happened? Because that's totally not what happened. Clearly. Uh, so after pushing more, Daniel finally admitted that he was at Richfield Historical Park the morning of the 12th, mm. reading and drinking beer. He said he was reading Slaughterhouse-Five, um, which I looked up a little bit of, um, but we'll go into a more a little bit later. I'll, I'll kind of do like a general talk about some of the things that maybe they found on him. Sorry. Don't Google that yet. <laughs> uh, so he admitted to seeing MR. Uh, pull into the parking lot and walking mm-hmm. her dog into the park. He then went on to describe that on a, quote, spur-of-the-moment decision, he saw her walk by his vehicle, had a knife, and went to scare her. What? Yeah. And I quote. That's literally what? The, the quote. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell was in that beer? It's a lot more than the beer. We'll get to it. Uh, 
So he said that a, a fight had ensued uh, during which he lost the knife, became scared, and ran back to his vehicle. Uh, he then fled the scene, discarding the beer cans he had and his knife sheath in the park by throwing them out his passenger side window. So, first it was, I wasn't there. No, I totally wasn't there. Totally wasn't there. I was doing this thing. Then it was, I was there, but I was reading. Mm -hmm. And then she comes out and I'm like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let me scare her with a knife. I'm going to prank her. Yeah, that's not a prank, homie. Yeah. It does sound like those terrible YouTube videos where it's just like, oh, we're going to be terrible people and call it a prank. Yeah. Yeah, fuck this guy. What the fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. We're not done yet. So, on July 17th, Uh officers executed a search warrant on Daniel's house. In his bedroom, detectives recovered the following. A pair of men's blue and gray plaid Lee dungarees, apparently, size 33 shorts, you're welcome, uh, with red stains appearing to be blood. Okay. The white baseball t-shirt with the light blue sleeves. Mm Mm-hmm. With more red stains. Um, A book titled... The Interpretation of Murder by Jed Rubenfield. Okay. Yep. Uh, which is a mystery novel about a detective hunting down someone who has been killing women. Yeah, granted, if anyone looked at our books, I'd be screwed. There's a lot of things that I'll get to here in a minute, too, that literally I'm like, anyone who is into true crime or anything related is going to look so guilty. <laughs> so guilty. No matter what. Yeah. Because these are all things that they used in the criminal complaint against this kid. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Um, a yellow plastic bag uh, that contained a black a black plastic cable zip tie. Okay. Black electrical tape. Baylor twine. What? Uh, just twine. Oh. Uh, and crinkled and balled up pieces of inner tape 698. Inside the yellow plastic bag, officers also found inner tape 698 with what appeared to be human hair on it. What? This is on July 17th, remember, when they investigated his house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on July 17th, after conducting the search of Daniel's home, officers questioned Daniel about Jesse's murder. Well, yeah. Daniel stated he became aware of Jesse's death by hearing it from a friend on the morning of the 16th. He then went to the Blodgett's to participate in a vigil hosted by Jesse's parents. Okay. According to Daniel, himself and Jesse had spent time over the past two months doing various activities, and they had met the summer after eighth grade when he started dating one of Jesse's friends. He Fuck then, you. He then stated that he broke up with that female and started dating Jesse freshman year of high school, where they dated for three or four months. Daniel claims he ended the relationship and that they didn't speak much until senior year when they had a class together and became better friends. Thereafter, they lost touch until he returned to Richfield in April or May 2013, and they reconnected. He said, and I quote, He had a long-term girlfriend of several years, but was hoping to be more than friends with Jesse. Fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. Uh He claimed they had an intimate relationship, but denied engaging in sexual intercourse with Jesse. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't believe him. <clears throat> well, let me let me clarify. I don't believe he engaged in consensual sex with Jesse. Yeah. Um. Or so tried. One of their activities that they did. Yeah. 
uh, was Jesse is obviously a musician. Jesse is a musician. Wow. It's like me and Lord. Exactly. <laughs> One of the activities that they did was because Jesse's a musician mm-hmm. uh, and a singer. Yeah. Um, I guess Daniel is also a musician. Oh. They recorded a song together. Mm. I found Jesse's YouTube channel with only like three uploads on it. Yeah. One of those songs is a song where she is singing and what I'm assuming is Daniel playing because his name is in the title of the uh, song. And I'm going to play that for you here right now. What? So, yeah. Damn. Right? That was really good. I was going to say, she actually, and like I said, it's not mixed very well. Yeah. But I mean, she's like a kid at home, you know, like recording music yeah. with a friend. Um, but that was uploaded to YouTube May twenty. Well, <laughs> yes. But that was uploaded to YouTube May 29th, 2013. So like just a couple months before she died. Jesus Christ. And that's the last video that she uploaded to YouTube. Oh my God. Just happened to be. A, with him. With him. Fuck this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he when he was asked about his whereabouts on the morning of July 15th, Daniel stated that he slept at his parents' house the night before and woke up to leave the house to go to work at about 6.30 a.m., but then drove, work. quote, all over and ended up at Woodlawn Union Park in the city of Hartford to read and write. Daniel stated he was there until about noon and then returned home and told his parents he only had to work a half day. And they believe that. Which we already know is absolute bullshit because he openly admitted before to police that he hadn't been working for months at this point. Yeah. So nice fucking try. Go fuck yourself. His parents are actually the ones who helped confirm this because I guess he was lying to them the whole time (laughs) and was like waking up early every morning at 630 to go to work. Talk about commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And then he would actually, I guess, go off and, like, write. But his parents ended up talking when they talked to police. Basically went on this whole thing with him about, like, no, he was telling us he was getting up. Oh, you know, that makes sense. Oh, And then, like, it sort of Mm. snowballed into this sort of, like, unraveling of, Realization. Yeah, and they talked to his girlfriend, and they found out that he hadn't been going to work. And, like, it turned into a whole thing. Um, Yeah, uh, the parents also admitted in this criminal complaint that he appeared to be depressed. Um, there was a whole thing. I'm not going to go into it because it's Daniel's backstory. And I don't fucking give a shit because he's a piece of shit. No, fuck him. Um, but like, I guess he like either dropped out of school or failed out of school. Like, there was a whole like school sub arc for his fucking like, life. We'll say he failed. And he's a piece of shit. So I yeah. didn't give him the credit that he fucking didn't deserve. Um, but so apparently Daniel routinely left the house with a backpack that typically contained his laptop and a change of clothes. Um, apparently he used the laptop to work on a fiction novel he was writing, which we'll bring up later. About murder. We'll bring it back up later. Okay. Um, so Woodlawn Union Park. Yes. So he said that's where he went. What happened? Can you, can you Google? Woodlawn Union Park? No. Woodland, like Woodlawn High School, maybe? Sure. Uh, only if you can shut the blinds to the, uh room that we're in because it's creepy we're talking about murder and the blinds are open and it's dark outside woodlawn high 
Google. Uh, I didn't mean Google anything in with that. What, do you have a specific state? Looks like there's a bunch of them. Um, High School Movie? No, it wasn't a movie. What do you think happened? Um, um, Anand Sayed. What was his high school? Adnan Syed Woodland High School. Uh, it appears so it was Woodland. Woodland, um, okay. but they're in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the name—that's actually really fucking crazy. Yeah, I was like, why do I know that name? Why does it sound familiar? I forgot to stop recording there, but whatever. It's fine. Um. So yeah, uh, Woodland Union Park. Uh, that's where he said he was. Yeah. So police. <clears throat> Uh, and went and viewed the surveillance video uh-huh. uh, for the morning of July 15th. Um, the video depicted Daniel in the area mm. of the men's bathroom at approximately 10.25. So the mom's at work. It could. There's could still time. Uh, officers contacted an employee of the city of Hartford Department of Public Works to ask about the removal of waste from the trash receptacles at Woodlawn Union Park. It's kind of like doing their due diligence. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up with this? Um, the man they spoke to, uh, and they didn't put any names in any of the spots for the criminal complaints. I had to like go find other things to try to get names for people. Yeah. Okay. Um, I couldn't find this guy's name. Uh, but he said he was the one that empties the trash there and that the receptacles had last been emptied on July 15th between 7.30 a.m. and 8 a.m. Oh, shit. So detectives immediately made their way to Woodlawn, uh, Union Park. And among other things, obviously, but they searched the various garbage receptacles in the park. Yeah. Like scoured through them. Yeah. In the garbage receptacle located at the entrance to the park, officers located several items of, quote, evidentiary significance, including. <laughs> this first one's, uh, it's just funny that uh, it's evidence. They have to be very specific, I guess, yeah. with what they say. Yeah. But, uh, it was a Kellogg's frosted mini wheats box that contained paper toweling uh, okay yeah underneath the paper toweling uh were crumbled strips of inner tape 698 this goddamn tape uh-huh um <clears throat> bundles of several different types of rope hmm. wadded black electrical tape a roll of masking tape and antiseptic towelettes and wrappers with red stains one of the ropes found in the cereal box had attached to it what can only be described as a homemade gag ball. Oh my god. Which was a circular object covered in inner tape 698 with rope attached to each side of the gag ball. And obviously they're very specific calling it inner tape 698 because yes. it's, it, it comes up a lot. Yeah. Um, also located amongst the trash was a Spongebob beach towel with red staining. <laughs> consistent with the appearance of blood in several locations. <clears throat> July 19th, officers searched Daniel's car. During the search, officers located the following. A box of Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheat cereal. Does this dude <sighs> eat cereal in his car? A black backpack located on the floorboard. Inside, they found a digital camera, Daniel's wallet, basic stuff hardcover notebook a laptop 
a book titled Slaughterhouse Five, which is the book he was reading. Yeah. A red three-ring binder containing papers, you know, nothing crazy there. Three notebooks containing various writings, an Apple iPod. Um, they found some work boots, and then they found some other books. Uh, the Periodical History of the World's Greatest Trials and a Confederacy of Dunces. Um, when I looked up all these books, yeah, I just want to point out there was a common thread. Yeah, I'm assuming everyone here uh, could guess what that common thread was. Lots of murder, Lots mystery of murder. things happening. Uh-huh. Um, so officers said that multiple locations inside the vehicle were covered with red stains consistent with the appearance of blood. Also, how dumb is this dude if you're disposing of evidence at your quote alibi yeah not a not a good call huh like oh hey i couldn't have committed this murder because i was here by the way when i was here i'm going to dump evidence yeah to prove that i did it not smart um so july 20th okay officers returned to daniel's house to execute another search warrant uh-huh and Daniel's bedroom they located. So I guess they just didn't find this the first time. Or maybe it like didn't stand out to him the first time. But they found electrical tape. Cut plastic zip ties. And a Spongebob Squarepants hacky sack. Which is just like I'm sure connecting to like the beach towel. Yeah. You know? um, inside the garage. Officers also found several different types of rope. That appeared to be the same type of rope. That were in the Frosted Mini Wheats box. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, apparently the mom also said that she like constantly buys frosted mini weights. Like she had literally just bought a new box too. Because he just keeps going through them. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that they had to go back because now that they had the rope, they were looking for other hopefully, things. Yeah. Hoping to compare. Yeah, exactly. They were so like, okay, sense. let's see what else we can find that like yeah. goes with this. Is there anything at the house that links to the stuff we found? Yeah. Cause the first time it wasn't for her murder. It was yeah. for the assault thing. Yeah. So. Anyway. And they wouldn't have had anything to be like, oh, this random rope in the garage yeah, is suspicious. Is yeah. yeah. Um, so on July 24th, officers received a disk containing data recovered from Daniel's laptop. They specifically reviewed his internet searches and noted the following. Oh, God. And there's actually more. This is just what's in the criminal complaint. But some yeah. of the other stuff I saw online, I guess there was a lot more that came out in the trial. Um, like some pretty, like dudes in some pretty fucked up, like porn and like other stuff you know like very bad mm. things guys um, always go to the library never check out books <laughs> you need a library card to access the internet at the library though no i said books oh just books you don't go on the internet because then they can track yeah, what you're looking say, up exactly can't do that you look at books but you don't check anything out you make sure to go all over we're not telling you how to commit I was gonna a murder say, we're not condoning don't be stupid we're not condoning murder no um never so they reviewed his internet searches and noted the following. July 9th, uh, there was a Wikipedia search for Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll, which okay. I just want to point out, I'm thinking in the criminal complaint, they're using the, the title of this as yeah. like, look how it involves death. But it's actually a, it's a real thing that happened, but it's also a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. Um, oh, so you've heard the song. Yeah. Uh, but it's about a real thing that happened. It's about a woman who, a black woman who was like murdered by a, a white man who was like a drunk dick um but like ooh, it, it's about a murder he yeah. could have just been listening to the song exactly like so i don't i don't know you yeah. know necessarily but anyway that was one of the things they pointed out 
uh, July 9th, there was a GIF on Imgur that showed a male walking up behind another male and stabbing him in the butt. Weird. Okay. I uh, there was actually a the Imgur link was actually in the criminal complaint. Yeah. It's not active anymore, mm-hmm. so you can't like look at it. Um, and it it was interesting. So these July 11th ones I'm about to run through mm-hmm. were all at like 11 something at night on July 11th. Okay. Okay. Remember, July 12th is the day that the assault happened. Happened. Um, so uh, on July 11th there was a Google search for quote serial killers wiki. Followed by a Wikipedia search for list of serial killers by number of victims. Followed by a Wikipedia search for Luis Garavito, uh, who is described as a Colombian serial killer who killed people by cutting their throats and dismembering their bodies. Sounds like a good dude. Yep. Um, and then July 12th, but 2 a.m. So this is like in continuation. Yeah. Uh, he, there's a Wikipedia search for Moses Sithel who was a South African serial killer who operated by luring his victims to secluded places, raping, and then strangling them. Clearly also a good dude. And if anyone can't tell, that's completely sarcastic. Obviously. Um, and then July 12th at 9.42 a.m., uh, there was a Wikipedia search for a spree killer. Um, so this is this is why I said people like you <laughs> would, I would be, be... so guilty at this point. Fucked. I mean... Yeah, they'd be like, yeah, you did it. I, I spend quite a bit of time on, like, Murderpedia. Yeah. And, you know, in and of itself, those searches on this kid's computer might not be the worst thing. Yeah. But considering they were literally the night and then Before. the morning leading up to him trying to assault and kill someone. Yeah. Possibly abduct. Yeah. I think you can put two and you two can together, put them together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, clearly he was looking for inspiration or yes. trying to, like. Yes. What's yep. the best way to do this? Exactly. Um, officer said the disc also contained portions of what appeared to be a novel titled Red is Red. The novel references a female character named Jessica and a male character named Dee. A portion of the novel focuses on Jessica, her parents who are pediatric and her parents who are pediatric physicians. I forgot to mention earlier, Jesse's parents are both doctors. Oh, my God. This guy is not very creative at all. And Jessica's college experiences, so it, like, deals with her, you know? So he basically wrote his confession in the form of a book. I mean, he definitely made it obvious that he was infatuated with, you know, infatuated with her. Um, But another portion of the novel details D beating a character named Timothy Shaw into a coma using a pillowcase filled with Legos. I know it's, I, you have to laugh. I don't really know. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, but clearly, he was very infatuated with Jesse. He literally yeah. wrote about. I mean, you can't tell me that like it's just a coincidence that the character's name is Jessica, and the male character's name is D. No. Like, also, how do you spell D? D. Is it just the letter? It's just D? the letter D. Yeah. Yeah, dude's not cr- very not, creative not at, at all. all. Literally not at all. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he beats a character to death in the book, which, or into a coma, I'm sorry, but. With Legos. Like, it's just some weird shit, you know? And when you put all this together, it adds up to a weird fucking dude. Yeah. Um. So officers went on to identify Daniel's fingerprints on the roll of Intertape 698 that they found under Jesse's bed. 
and on a piece of inner tape 698 that was on the exterior of the homemade gag ball located in oh that my God. Kellogg box. Or that, yeah. Um, they also confirmed the blood uh, they found on everything mm-hmm. uh, belonged to Jesse and Daniel. So there was blood from both of them. Um, they also matched the hair found on the tape to Jesse. Damn. Yeah. Um, so officers theorize uh, because Daniel has not admitted to anything. Yeah. At all. He's still. Which again. Just says proof, he's innocent. Just proves that he's stupid because all of this clearly states that he did this. Yeah. Um, he tried to. I think I mentioned it later. But he tried to like appeal his case in 2017. Uh on grounds that like his Miranda rights were like violated and it, it went to like a, the Supreme court of uh, Wisconsin or whatever. And, uh, and I, I, like, didn't, no. I didn't find an actual like article that said like they said no, hmm. but he's still in prison. So I'm they at guessing least didn't they said say no. anything. Yeah. Um, but so uh, officers theorized that, uh, that morning yeah. he went over to Jesse's, uh, he bound, raped and murdered her. Uh, they, they believe that he actually, attempted to clean up the scene yeah and that he showered her after she was dead what and put clothes back on her and that's why there was like all the stuff was gone obviously yeah. and like, he tried to clean everything up and put the covers back over her uh, which is why the mom thought she was still sleeping still sleeping which she was probably sleeping at 8 a.m yeah when she first saw her yeah but well yeah because I guess they would have heard somebody come in. Exactly. So she was sleeping at eight, but she wasn't sleeping when mom so came home. So really just from eight whenever the mom left to what, 10, 1030? Because at 1030, he they, was- They saw him in the park. He yeah. was in the park. Holy Jesus. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have nothing else for that. That's just fine. Well, yeah, he was still there at 10 because the woman driving by saw him. Saw the car. Saw the car. Yeah. So that had to be like right before he left or something. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be his friend. Yeah. I mean, uh, it maybe he just wanted to, because again, he doesn't admit anything. Yeah. Maybe he really, he said he wanted more to maybe happen with her. Maybe it wasn't happening. Yeah, but that's not did. his decision. Obviously. I'm just trying to get into the mind of a fucking fucked up piece of shit real quick. Yeah. I mean, I never understand that. That's one mindset that I will never be able to get into is when people, usually men, are turned down for sex. They they get upset. Violent. And they feel the need to, quote, punish Mm -hmm. and, like, rape people to get what they want. And it's like... Did no one ever tell you no growing up? I don't understand. I literally don't understand. And again, his parents said he was depressed uh, recently. Like, clearly the kid had a lot going on mentally. Yeah, clearly some mental If his head was there, he clearly had something going on. That doesn't excuse the fact that he's a fucked up piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Period. Not at all. I just had no words. Yeah. Um, So luckily, Daniel was charged with first degree homicide. Um... And sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank God. Yeah. So fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> out of the podcast, but I wrote the end of the murder bits. <laughs> played the song <laughs> they recorded together, but I already played it for you. So I'm sure you're asking, 
why did I just tell you all of that? Yes, where's where's why, the sunshine part? Why is it all murder? Um, and so the reason I told you all of that to sort of set up everything and how fucked up everything that happened was mm-hmm. is to talk about her father, Buck Blodgett, and how he responded. Okay. So the story made national headlines, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this is actually, I'm pulling this right from the the Love is Greater Than Hate website. Yeah. Um, but the story made national headlines as cameras captured Buck and his wife Joy's journey through their personal nightmare. When reporters interviewed Buck, he did not speak with anger, hate, or revenge. Instead, he spoke about resilience, forgiveness, and love. One month after Jesse's murder, 500 people showed up to a candlelit vigil in Hartford in a Hartford park. Across banners and wristbands and signs was a simple slogan. Love is greater than hate. It became clear to Buck that something good needed to come of this tragedy and that he needed to make it happen. And so, the Love is Greater Than Hate project was born. Uh, Their mission is ending male-on-female violence and inspiring love over hate. Yes. And their vision is zero tolerance for interpersonal violence by the end of the century. Good for them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um... And I mean, it's absolutely bonkers to me throughout this whole process. Even like he he did like a little statement during the appeal in like 2017. Yeah. The the dad has been nothing but like love is greater than hate. He's been like you know Daniel like obviously I'm 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 sad for what you did and like but but you know I I I wish the best for you. I hope that your own and I forget how he says it but like your own personal prison. You're able to like you know, overcome and and learn from your mistake and what you did. And he's like it. I almost cried several times just reading and like listening to his, like him speaking on it because I don't know that I could do that. Oh, a hundred percent. It always amazes me. The victims or the victims families that come out of this that feel that way. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm going to, forgive this person yeah and not hate them because i'm not gonna let that hate destroy the rest of my life exactly and it it just blows me away that he was able to do that i 100 percent would not be able to no no way no um so the big way that they're trying to do this is through outreach programs they, okay. they don't do uh, from what i could tell on their website i think they even have a part that says it specifically they don't really do I don't want to say like helping things like they don't really like, you know, like comic relief gives money to this charity and that charity and that charity. Um, They don't really do that. They don't, he, I think he even says like, he doesn't really know how to do that. He's not that kind of person. Yeah. Uh, So what he does is they, they all, they do outreach programs. That's their whole thing. Uh, All, almost all their donation money goes to outreach programs and like media outreach. Um, So Buck, the, her dad has given over 120 presentations um, and there's an actual breakdown of those numbers like on their website oh, wow. where it tells you like all the presentations that he's given. Um, 19 of those were at colleges, uh, 22 like schools, uh, 26 community groups and conferences, 27 prisons slash batterer programs, wow. 13 churches and 13 Salvation Army events. Um, but yeah, 120 uh, presentations he's given. Um, all the presentations are actually tailored to whatever demographic they're speaking to. So if it's like the prison, oh, they're cool. tailored to like the prison yeah. or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but there are some constants throughout. 
the first one is, quote, a message from Jesse. Um, Buck actually shows pictures and videos of Jesse and talks Aww. about her and sort of her murder. Um, and then he goes on to share his journey dealing with sort of his pain of coming, like, dealing with that. Yeah. And sort of finding a way to turn his pain into love instead of hate. Um, the other is F-words. Um, and that's forgiveness, faith, fruitfulness, and fortitude. It's a faith-based presentation that draws on Buck's spiritual journey dealing with Jesse's murder. Mm -hmm. And it is told from a Christian perspective, but, and they're very clear about this on the website. Okay. uh, It is open to all because, quote, the world's diverse religions mostly boil down to one profound truth. The most powerful force in the universe is love. You can cry for a second. It's okay. (laughs) She was trying so hard. It's true. Like, they... Religious institutions argue with each other, but it's they're all basically the same thing. 100%. Um, all the emotions you're feeling right now was me <laughs> <laughs> almost all morning. Um, yeah. Uh, but so outreach programs seem to be the bulk of their focuses. Mm-hmm. Um, using Jesse's story as sort of like a focal point to show people like the very real dangerous sort of outcome of domestic violence. Yeah. Um, but they also do, like I said, uh, media outreach, like TV ads, newspapers, all sorts of good stuff like that. Um, they also do outings to raise money and awareness, like 5Ks. They do oh, like a like cool. yearly golf outing, which is kind of cool. <laughs> like They have a bunch of like events like that that they do to sort of help raise money to fund these presentations and all the media outreach they do. And you can also donate on the website. They have like a PayPal set up so you That's can donate. Awesome. And then also they have a shop. There's a book. Um, I couldn't really find too much about the book specifically, but it, says it, t- it talks about Jesse's story and things along those lines. Okay. Um, and they also like wristbands and stuff like that you can buy from their website. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's sort of Jesse's story and the uh, love is greater than hate uh, project. Um, if you want more info on sort of this story, um, you can obviously go to the website directly uh, and we're going to link to that and all the other things that they're doing from yeah. there. Um, but also Jesse's story was actually recently told on Oxygen's Murdered by Morning. They did an episode. Oh, okay. And then I also, uh, like I said, I think I mentioned it earlier, but True Crime Daily did a whole segment a whole thing on this her. too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know when that one was from, but the Oxygen one was from February this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So fairly new. Pretty recent. Um, but I also have some facts and figures for you. Okay. Um, and these are from the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. Oh, uh, great. Website. So it's definitely numbers I'm not going to like. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they're pretty bad. Um, so on average, 24 people per minute are victims of rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in the U.S. Nope. Uh, more than 12 million women and men over the course of a year. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. From 1994 to 2010, about four in five victims of intimate partner violence were female. Jesus Christ. Uh, females ages 18 to 24 and 25 to 34 generally experience the highest rates of intimate partner violence. Nearly one in five women and one in 71 men have been raped in their lifetime. Oh my God. I just want to point out the discrepancy between the two numbers. Well, it could also be the discrepancy because there's a stigma for men. The whole like, oh, you can't rape a guy or like why what do you mean you didn't enjoy that type of thing so i feel like that could add to the fact that there aren't that many maybe they report it less too you know well, yeah, like whatever that's, yeah that's what i mean they just don't report it as often because men are seen as like oh that can't happen to yeah. you I mean, absolutely it can no of course which begs the question 
I'm sure there's a lot of those that aren't reported, but I wonder how much higher these numbers would be if everyone ever actually reported and like did yeah. something. You know what I mean? I mean if like, all the women that were victimized I don't even were actually to see believed. What those, yes. I don't want to see what those numbers look like. I really don't want to see what those numbers look like. I'm sure both of those numbers are extremely low. Yeah. Not The good. reported numbers, not the actual numbers. No, of course. Um, two-thirds of female victims of stalking were stalked by a current or former intimate partner. Which I specifically wanted to bring up those numbers because the intimate partner stats. Because, yeah. again, they dated. Daniel and Jesse dated in high school. They were together, even for however brief it was. Yeah. And then they may or may not have been. Again, he says that they had an intimate relationship. Yeah. But we don't have that from Jesse's side, so we don't yeah. know. But he says they were in an intimate relationship before mm-hmm. he killed her. <clears throat> Um, Which also doesn't make sense to me. If they're already in an intimate relationship, is he just impatient? I, Did I, she tell him no? Like, I think uh, I think maybe he got he fantasized and fixated on sort of like those like serial killer things, and like again, he was in a bad space anyway. Yeah. So I think the problem was whether or not she said no. He had a girlfriend. Remember. Yeah. So I wonder if it was just like an impulse. It was like, ooh, I want to do this thing. So like, why not just do it with this person who I also want to be with? It makes sense. Mm. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, but like in his head, maybe it could have made sense. Um, I have one more stat for you. Well, sort of. Almost half of female and male victims of rape in the U.S. were raped by an acquaintance. And of these, 45.4% of female rape victims and 29% of male rape victims were raped by an intimate partner. 45.4% of female rape victims were raped by an intimate partner. What the fuck? Um, also, with your links, we should probably link to... The domestic abuse hotline. Which is, like I said, where I got these uh, these numbers from. So yeah. we will 100% be doing that. Because that should not be a thing. Not even close. No, we there will be plenty of links um, to as many sources as I can possibly put out there. And actually, on the which makes sense, obviously, but on the Love is Greater Than Hate website, yeah. they actually have links to all those as well. Um, but we'll put both. Um, but so I'm going to leave you with some words um, from Buck's victim impact statement okay that he wrote um yeah and this is much this is like a very i took like the end of it okay it is long but it's sure it's on their website you can view it directly on their website and it includes sort of like some some beautiful letters that were sent to the family from friends of jesse or people that knew jesse um if you're ready to cry. <laughs> I'm giving everyone homework. Go to the website and yeah, read this. Check it in out. In its entirety. You will be in tears. I promise you. Um, I was and I'm probably going to be again reading this. I'm going to try really hard not to be. I'm normally better at it than Brandy. So we'll yes. see. <sighs> For 457 days, you've lived a lie. You held the power to set in motion a healing process for me, for Joy, for yourself, for your mom and dad for thousands of families, friends, and others who've been affected by this. You have thought only of yourself, once again, not others, and it has cost you and us dearly, more than you can possibly imagine. As long as you're alive, you still have a chance to own what you did, 
try to make amends, and bring healing into our sick world. I hope you take that chance. As for Jess, she is now happy and free, empowered and peaceful, beyond your understanding, but you are a shell of your true self. You told her in the weeks before you killed her that you'd been making bad choices lately. May you choose well now. Dan, I don't think there's any way on God's green earth that you or many in this room will understand and believe this, but it's true. I forgive you, and I love you. Of course, I hate what you did, but that doesn't mean I can't forgive and love. Wow. And that's uh, the Love is Greater Than Hate Project. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I told you this episode was going to be pretty rough. Yeah. I don't know where he gets his strength from, but... I don't think I could could be the same. No. That that I aspire to, to have that, that strength and that compassion for for people, no matter the, the sick, like, yeah. terrible no things they've done. Yeah, they do. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna sit here and make you watch more right now, mostly because I'm hungry. You should cut this part out of the podcast. Okay, but but you can put this part in. Um, there are several videos uh, on their website, obviously, mm-hmm. of sort of him talking about everything and what happened. There's 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 some videos of the presentations that he's given at schools. Okay. There's some there's some pretty cool stuff like that on the website that we'll make sure. Obviously, we we'll link to the website, but I'll try to link to some of the direct videos that I kind of saw and pulled from. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I probably will show you here in a second once we get off uh, is, um, which is just <laughs> fucked. Uh, I'm not showing it to you because it's like a good video. It's oh, like yeah. sad about the dad or anything. It's like it's Daniel um, in sort of his letter to the family or whatever, like he, when he addresses the family during his uh, his sentencing, I think. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's from his sentencing. Yeah. Uh, and the kid can go fuck himself. Like clearly has no remorse like at all again he does he hasn't even admitted that he did it he mentions the alfred plea and he's like if i knew i could have taken that like i would have done that like you don't deserve an alfred plea it's so fucked and i'm gonna show i'm gonna show you the video once we get off here in a second but i'll make sure i link to that too on the uh on the website also for anyone who doesn't know the alfred plea is basically the state says that they're guilty and the defendant says that they're guilty but they still get out of prison so they can't go back and sue the state for like wrongful imprisonment and any of that so it's like hey i did it but i'm still getting out of prison type of thing yeah kick can go fuck himself no absolutely not at all no those are usually only applied when it's like hazy that they did it no 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 literally fuck him um but that's all i have for you otherwise that's that's all the all the stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to wrap out of this. I don't either. These both of these stories were completely fucked. Pretty draining. Yes. I'm gonna go eat the fuck out of some uh, burger and fries here in a second while we we cry and. Uh, you can have a regular one. Watch a I'll have thing. a Beyond Meat one. Oh, no, I'm having a Beyond Burger. Oh, okay, Get good. Out of here. Well, you have the other ones. I didn't know if you wanted those. It takes like an hour to defrost. I ain't doing that. Yeah, that's fair.
the beyond ones are better anyway. to be fair we'd only be eating the beyond ones if zach didn't give us a bunch of uh burgers anyway. true but the beyond ones are better anyway so let's just eat those and not eat the other ones i'm not gonna waste a bunch of are you kidding me it's almost hot steak burgers man you can eat them i'm gonna eat them that's all that matters Somebody sorry for them. anyone out there who is upset that i'm eating those but you know they're already dead and frozen so probably we didn't the buy program. them i didn't buy them i didn't i didn't helped. contribute to that at all they were given to us i only buy beyond burgers just saying because they're delicious they are great they i mean they are, so they really good. are great anyway <laughs> we'll see you guys next week no you won't hold on one second cut that part out okay you gotta throw off our socials real quick oh. you do it throw up them socials you do it i don't remember our socials this is this is you, homie. You can follow us on all the social medias. Oh, I was talking over you, dude. Again. You can follow us on all the social medias at Sunshine and Murder Podcast, or you can email us at Sunshine and Murder Podcast at gmail.com. Please and thank you. Uh, we want to hear about all your murder stories that you want to know about. We want to hear about anyone in your life or anyone in a life close to yours that you know that is doing a wonderful, <laughs> awesome, phenomenal humans being bros type of thing um and otherwise just let us know what you think uh or just email us about your animals because we love animals oh my god yes not even a joke send first, pictures. first first week of august it's happening send pictures send, <laughs> send pictures tweet us animal photos make us feel better about all this bad fucked up shit we're talking Please about and thank you we'll see you guys next week on wednesday right hey that's my joke <laughs> you didn't say it <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.